0: just want to reintroduce myself again. I'm Maggie Lanham. I'm the women's director here at Life Church. Um, For those that don't know me, I've been here about 10 years, Jason, and I am married to my wonderful husband, Jason Lanham. Um, I have... uh, Two young boys, Jacob, who is ten, and Joshua, who is eight years old, and I am so proud of them. And I also homeschool my kiddos, and so I have a big load. <laughs> but um, it's a def- it's definitely a good challenge um, to me and my family dynamics. Um, it's just worth it. It's just worth it. So that is uh, my family in a nutshell. And so today, I want to uh, really start off by encouraging you uh, for what God wants to do for you, what He wants to do in you, and what He wants to do through you. Okay. In fact, I want to say today that God is the God of breakthroughs. Yes. Amen. And who needs God to do something in their life? Okay. And if you don't know that, you will know this know it by the end of this sermon. Okay, your breakthrough is actually closer uh, than you think. God is fully engaged and fully invested in the details of your life. Amen? All right, so let me uh, start with prayer. Mighty Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this glorious morning. Thank you because we get to be in your presence Thank you for the word. Thank you that it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I pray for what I am going to speak about today. Do what you do best, Lord. Permeate the hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so breakthrough is an important word. It's, it's, it's a moving forward word. In fact, um, it is more than just a word that unapologetically stares to what seems impossible it is a bold stand that defies that that challenge that objects to what looks unachievable what looks hopeless what looks impractical and even downright laughable it is an action that proclaims and persists in purpose and power impossibility does not exist in God's language Though the term spiritual breakthrough is not uh, quite found within the scripture, uh, but there, there are characters in the Bible who experience what many would consider to be a spiritual breakthrough. And so the lesson here today is that God, get ready for this, is more interested in changing you more than the circumstances, God is more interested in the transformation of our lives now being a new creation a believer a child of God means our nature including our perspectives our responses our coping uh, mechanisms toward the same set of circumstances are now different yes I agree, God is more than able to change our bad situations or difficulties, okay? Or, or even our challenges. But He is more interested in transforming us inside. Right. And in, and it is in the seasons of our lives that we'll expose what's going on in our hearts. Since that is God's concern, then in whatever situations we are in now... Let us think about how God is using our circumstances to change our hearts, to change our perspectives, to change our actions, and to change our character. He wants to make us whole. So, join me in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. So this story is really a great encouragement, really, to anyone who needs breakthrough in their life. And it goes like this. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city uh, seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness have brought Israel to stand upon the mountaintop overlooking the land of promise. 40 years before this time, uh, God told the children of Israel, you may be, uh, you will be my people and I will be your God. I am the Lord, your God, and you will know that I am made you free from Egypt. In other words, free from the bondages that kept, uh, kept them moving forward in God and growing in the Lord. Verse 8 says um, in Exodus chapter 6, I made uh, a great promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I promised to give them a special land. So I will lead you to that land. I will give you that land. It will be yours. I am the Lord. Up to this point here, Israel's journey to the promised land was really preliminary. Now, there was a mission before them. They had to face a barrier that was necessary for them to deal with. There was no going around. There was no ignoring the situation at hand. It was the beginning of conquering. It was the beginning of cleansing of uh, of purging. And the chapter really begins with Jericho on full alert. The city was a physical obstacle that prevented the onward movement of God's presence and people. Jericho was actually determined uh, they were resolute that Israel will not defeat uh, them in fact Jericho shut itself against God there was no movement in and no movement out they were not about to surrender their hearts were hardened to their own destruction. So Jericho was a strategic stronghold and its fall would open up the whole center of the land. So it's rightful tenants who had come to claim, uh, the, their property. And isn't it so much like the enemy to stubbornly dig his heel and stubbornly admit defeat? He, he intimidates and deceives so many from the victory that is already given. Isn't it like the enemy to distract many of us with fear to keep us from claiming our victory? So I'll tell you a quick story. Last, last summer i actually landed in the er i uh i uh, it was around june and um i just finished actually um uh, testing for for to have a license in ministry um, and so i'm here with my husband and my family celebrating and um but one particular day woke up as normal started my day as normal and all of a sudden, I had this in- excruciating pain um, in my abdomen, and I didn't know what was going on with me. And I'm here thinking, like, did I eat something? <laughs> you know, did, what did I do? <laughs> you know, and um, it was it was not relenting. It by the minute, by it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I and I and I had to tell my kids, look, you know. Um, Mama can't even make you breakfast at this moment, so excuse me, you know, kind of thing. So I I ended up going to my bedroom and I lay down and and I begin to pray. And and as I was praying, I, I was telling the Lord, Lord, whatever this is, take it away, cause it's pretty painful. I gotta do my thing. I gotta do I gotta do mama things. Okay, I have to teach the kids. It's, it's about that time already. Homeschool started. You know, and but I was just praying, and 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 the pain still didn't go away, and so then I, it, it it became more of a supplication, a begging, a prayer to God, like Lord, please take this away. I mean, it started to get, I started to get desperate, and so I continued praying. Then I found myself crying out to God now, like now I am bawling crying out to God I need your help I need you to heal me at this point because right now I can't take this pain and I'm not one to go quickly to the hospital so I'm gonna endure it (laughs) I'm not going to the hospital especially through COVID time (laughs) I will I refused and so I'm here like really really going through some heavy duty pain and at one point, I, dis- I was in bed. I decided to go on the floor and kneel just to see if I can feel some relief, something. And at that point, my, my son, my bo- both my boys were with me. And I was just telling my husband, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> <sighs> And, and my husband is about, you know, getting ready to take me to the hospital. And I really am going back and forth. No, maybe I don't need to go to the hospital. <laughs> maybe I could hold on a little bit longer. But I was in my, on my knees, really, I was. And, um, and my boys was worried. And seeing their mom, um, me, mama bear, I'm here like, you know, like, Lord, I need you to really heal me. I can't have my kids look at this, you know. I'm here praying. They're seeing me pray. And nothing's happening, you know. So let's do this, Lord. It'll be great. But, um, you know, it's a funny moment right now. But it wasn't funny then, you know. (laughs) So it's, I actually asked the boys to step away. I really did, you know, because I just saw their worried faces. And, and my husband was also worried. But at that moment, I, I started to get these thoughts. There really were attacks from Satan himself saying to me, you are on your knees. I got you on your knees. You are praying and nothing's happening. What are you going to do about it now? And I was like, I'm going to still pray. I'm going to still pray, Lord, your word is true and is stronger and more real than what I'm going through. And so I continue praying and the enemy continue attacking me, but nothing's happening, Maggie. You're declaring now the truth that you believe and is nothing happening. What are you going to do about it? And all of a sudden, I hear the Holy Spirit. Just his words. All the promises. I am with you. I will never leave you. And that particular verse, that particular word, kept, kept going over and over like a recorder. Over my mind. And then he, the Holy Spirit told me, Bring in the boys. I did not want to do that. He didn't answer back because I started to argue with the Lord. You know those moments we like to argue with the Lord because it's not your way? In the middle of a pain. So I brought the boys in. And he told me to have the boys pray over me. Then he tells me, what have you been training them to do? And to my surprise, I knew they were going to pray over me. And they did. But to my surprise, my oldest son started to speak in tongues over me. And I kid you not, I was still in pain. The pain didn't go away. It was still there. It did not relent. But in that moment, in the middle of my storm, I felt joyful. That was the oddest experience I ever have gone through in my life. How can you be joyful in the middle of pain? Come on. How can you find joy? in the middle of your pain but that's so much like God isn't it and I felt this sense of peace in the middle of my literal pain my husband was still getting ready to go to the hospital I was still getting ready to go to the hospital while my kids prayed for me and so I go to the hospital I knew what was gonna happen I was going to be alone. I was going to be isolated. Better believe the enemy took every advantage of that. And so here I am in the hospital. My husband couldn't be in there. My, course, my kids couldn't be in there. And I felt utterly, utterly alone. Like oppressed. Left alone. Where is God in all of this? The doctors are asking me, Thousands of questions, and I'm here thinking, like, why are you asking me questions when I'm under pain? I can't even answer you. What, I can't even say what's my name. I am, like, in, in torture. Here's the enemy. You're still praying, huh, honey? God is not saving you from this one. He is watching you in pain. What kind of God is this? And so the enemy here was trying to have me think more of my situation than what God was trying to teach me. I didn't like the pain, but I was definitely changing in that moment. My faith was challenged, and it was growing. And so at times we can focus so much on the challenges and the difficulties that surround us and what we lack that we begin to doubt the power of God. And I wonder, what do we fix our eyes on? What do we magnify? Breakthrough happens when you are willing to expose that place. When, when you are willing to expose that area, when you are willing to expose that stronghold. Look, I would like to see things in my own life change. But I, what I have noticed is most of us like the idea of God changing our circumstances more than the idea about changing us within. And that's a hard truth he wants to change those obstacles those those fears that unbelief addiction how about that pride how about that selfishness that bitterness that unforgiveness how about that victim-mindedness cynicalness i mean i can go on i can hit one of you guys (laughs) i really can i'm about to hit one of you guys (laughs) That area that needs to be exposed in order for breakthrough to happen. God does want to deliver you from uh, from those circumstances, but His focus is to deliver you from your internal circumstances. Okay, many things in our lives loom out as Jericho's, but let me remind you that in verse two, Joshua was told, "I have delivered Jericho into your hands." God ensured breakthrough before it ever happened. So the battle here, okay, the battle here is truly your belief. Your belief will influence then how you make your choices, how you uh, perceive the world around you and how you respond to them. Growth requires a mindset, a new mindset. God wants to change your life today. God wants you to know him personally, not as an acquaintance. To understand the meaning of breakthrough, we must understand that where and how Joshua was positioned. In chapter 5, if we go back, one chapter, verse 3, when he was near Jericho, he encountered the commander of the Lord with a sword, i.e. that is Jesus. Ready to fight. And here Joshua asked a question, but he didn't get the response he hoped for. How many times do we ask God things when we're in some sort of issue, dilemma, and we don't get the response we hope for? Are you for us or for our enemy? And the Lord said, neither. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean, God? Neither. Neither. In other words, Joshua, I know you're hoping for me to help you. You got Jericho facing you, and you know this is an impossible task. And I'm glad you know that. You're hoping I would come along to fix this issue, to fix this stronghold, to, to get rid of it, to fix this area and, and, and make it go away. And since you are the commander in chief of the armies of Israel, you would think you can tell me how things are going to work here. And we will live all oh, happily ever after. And we like to think that we are the commanders in chief of our own lives, don't we? no no and no that's not what i come to do says the lord i've come to take over it is through my might and my strength that this stronghold will go down forget about whose side i'm on the real question here is whose side are you on are you on the side of belief or unbelief teen conform or teen transform God did not put himself at Joshua's disposal so that he can use God to accomplish his agenda. Wow. Wow. Joshua, you are not in charge. Yeah. Joshua, you are not the commander-in-chief anymore. I am the great I am. Yeah. Yeah. The word says, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. God came to accomplish his agenda. Amen. He wants you at his disposal. So let's dig a little deeper to the word breakthrough. The word breakthrough in Hebrew speaks of power that sweeps all obstacle. I'm going to get a little nerdy here for you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. It effectively undermines and it demolishes but there's an important nuance of this word that I find it so intriguing and interesting. And it also means to increase. When it refers to an increase, it's either in produce or in descendants. Well, let's take a look at the first meaning, an increase in produce. The Bible speaks a lot about agriculture. And it's no accident that the Bible is filled with farming and land references and metaphors. Most ancient actual Israelites were immersed in this kind of work. So in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 it says, "Sow for yourselves righteousness reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and shows righteousness on you. And unplowed ground won't allow growth. It's hard, it prevents any seeds from penetrating, uh, growing, uh, growing to maturity. There's a rototiller that is, p- is a powered garden tool that is used to pierce the soil to accomplish its goal, and that is to break the ground. Breakthrough is like the rototiller that turns the area of our hearts. So his word, the seed, goes deep down and take root so it produces fruit. The fruit of the spirit. What is harvested. Not only increases fruit. It increases grace. And his grace. Is his willingness to do in us. And for us. That which we could never do on our own. God must break that fallow ground. That area in your life to produce fruit. Are you with me? okay Joshua couldn't have never conquered Jericho on his own but with God uh uh with with Jericho on his own but with God every stronghold every every wall every barrier that prevents the onward movement of God in and through our lives must come down so breakthrough also then increases the blessings over your life your breakthrough not only affects you, but it also affects your descendants. Ma'am. And that's the second part your lineage, Ma'am. your children's children. Ma'am. What you do now, what you surrender now, affects your children's children. So when we see waymaker, miracle work, you better be start thinking increase. Increase. Cuz what I'm surrendering in my heart, the waymaker is making a way for your descendants. When we are pressed for a change, It is so easy to look where everyone else does, and that is to the world. There is no quick fix. God isn't about putting bandages over the area of our hearts. He is interested in the transformation uh, of 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 our hearts. Breakthrough happens through faithfulness and persistence. Sometimes we simply must have the audacity to believe God long enough to uh, not lose hope and to hold on to his promise no matter what comes our way. Amen. Amen. Amen? Consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1.5. So how, how do you see God bring a breakthrough in our lives? I wanted to give you three practical but essential points that ser- it will serve us as reminders um, to keep in mind. And many may know these points. We all, we really do know them. We know we need to do them. Um, but when we walk in the fire, it's a whole different ballpark. And the first point is hold on to prayer. The Bible describes prayer as a divine and powerful weapon. The the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, says James chapter 5 prayer can change uh, reality and heal the sick it keeps you and me alert it keeps our soul uh, a sober minded it guards us against temptation it releases our fears and frustrations and most importantly prayer can hurt the enemy it restricts his activity prayer is not a guideline of words to read aloud it is an engaging uh, it is engaging with God and believing what Jesus said if you you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Come on. Ask whatever you wish, Amen. and it will give, be given to you. I love that verse. It actually, it's very poetic. It rhymes. Look, I believe we all have been there. When, when, when we have prayed, and we have pleaded, and we have cried out until we were exhausted with prayer. What do you do when, you, when we feel we, we, we don't receive the response we expected? When we don't see God move the way uh, we expect him to move in our initial timeline? Amen. I'm going to encourage you. If you're going through something today, don't give up. Amen. Don't you dare give up. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to give up to settle for less we can't settle in the wilderness when we can go to the promised land come on church we have a promised land bold and persistent prayers honor God and he honors your bold prayers he loves it when we come to him with audacious prayers and ask him to intervene on in, on our behalf. When we are in his presence, you know, in the presence of God, his spirit transforms us. In prayer, we don't get to, we don't talk about God, we talk to God. When the enemy tries to hold you back and keep you uh, down and discouraged... You know, you must get proactive in in your faith instead of reactive and declare the breakthrough over your life. Prayers keep hope alive and hope is fueled by faith. When God spoke to Joshua, all Joshua had to do was to listen, to surrender, to believe, and to put feet to faith on the promise of God. There is deliverance, promised for you. So this leads me with the story of the prophet Elisha in the healing of Naaman the leper, the commander and army of the king of Syria. Now this isn't so much about prayer, but about an expectation. We all should have great expectations while we wait on the Lord to answer us, right? But it is how he answered is to what we need to surrender to. It's about our attitude. So this general quickly, Naaman hears that Elisha can heal him, so he makes the trip. Naaman stopped at Elisha's door, believing how he is uh, going to get this, you know, this healing by Elisha. But much to his disappointment, Elisha doesn't even meet the guy. Instead, he sends uh, his servant to deliver the message of healing. Naaman here was instructed then to wash himself seven times in the Jordan. Now, this story is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. And in verse 11, it says, he thought, Naaman thought, Joshua was personally going to meet him, call on the name of God, wave his hand over the disease spot, and get rid of the disease. I'm going to leave that one there. I have a lot to say about that one. This man was offended. This man was a general. How dare he go send a servant and tell me how to get healed? He was indignant. He was outraged. He was full of pride. God had to break some preconceived ideas, let alone some pride. Because he wanted... Because he wasn't going to submerge himself in the Jordan. Imagine that. Because it didn't fit and align to his idea. We can't put God in a box. And tell God this is how you're going to answer my prayers. (laughs) I know. This is what God gave me. (laughs) Believe me. I had a hard time because this was speaking to me. We can fall into the temptation of praying this. Your will be done, Lord. With an unspoken hint of, let it be my will. Because I may not like your answer and I really want it my way. I'm not the only one who has gone through this. (laughs) We all have some a point one point in our lives and this is the point we need to pray with hearts surrendered and in a way that aligns to his will and he has his, revealed his will through his word naaman was set on his way He had this expectation of how he was going to be healed. He had this expectation of how he would have his problems solved. He he expected to be uh, by a magical technique through Elijah of man of God. Then by the power of God. Sometimes we run to the minister instead to God. I'll leave that one there. His healing came in connection actually with his own obedient response to God's word. Surrender. He had to lay that pride down and surrender to God. Naaman at first didn't understand the nature of God's victory. But he understood it in the end. God didn't owe him anything. He owed God everything. The victory wasn't so much about healing his leprosy the victory was about winning his heart because he knew who the true God was now after that look just before the breakthrough the battle is the fiercest the unbelief can settle in indifferences can settle in hopelessness can settle in 38 years a man waited to be healed at the Bethesda pool John chapter 5 Think about this, 38 years of hoping to receive some sort of relief, hoping the circumstance will change, hoping that the pain and agony will come to an end. 38 years of holding on to hope, 38 years of being persistent, 38 years of fighting to receive his breakthrough, and finally, he got it. He got an answer. He got an answer. He never needed to come back to that pool. That life was all over now. He got more than a healing, y'all. If God solved all of our problems instantly, the hard times would not be used to his glory. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. Next time things are going the way, uh, not going the way you expect them to be. Remember, God may be using this opportunity to show you something different. Persistent prayer works and you will see the answer come. God's will is for us to pray continually. So that brings me to the second point. Hold on to faith. Faith played a critical role in the life of Joshua, in the life of even Naaman, and the man at the Bethesda pool. God not, uh, not only did God rescue all of them from the difficulties that they faced, but he also broke through so they would grow and experience God in a new way. There was so much more that God wanted to do internally. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Hebrew 10. There is power in proclaiming the promise of God. Victory is always through God's power. And the, uh, the I, can, um, I can do all things in Christ who, thre- uh, who strengthens me. Means we are entirely dependent on God and not our own strength or abilities. So when the Lord said... See to Joshua in chapter 6. Joshua was called to see with eyes of faith and envisioned Jericho as destroyed. In other words, Joshua, I need you to see from my perspective. I need you to see through my eyes. Church, see. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not recognize it, understand it, grasp it, realize it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, Joshua. I'm making a new way, church. Rivers of living water will flow in that area. I am making a new way. Faith is an internal conviction leading to an external action. Our faith is not only tested, you know, in the bad times, it's also tested in the good times. So never lower your guard. It's a weapon that needs to be always wielded. Your wilderness is your journey to a promise fulfilled. God uses our seasons to work miracles inside our souls. Look, even Jesus himself had to experience wilderness. Only God can turn the greatest tragedy in our life into a triumph. If we have faith that God holds our eternity, we can have faith that God holds our every day. Even though God's instructions were bizarre for Joshua, it was carried out. It didn't matter if it did not make any sense or aligned with his personal interest. It would be easy to follow God's instructions when everything makes sense or aligns with our own personal interest. But being children of God means completely surrendering and, and uh, and obeying Him. And even when His commands for us doesn't make sense. It must have been a tremendous test of faith for Joshua and the Israelites Imagine how hard it must have been for the people to remain silent and leave the whole situation to the Lord. Time is never wasted when faith is operating. The life of faith has never was never, never meant to be safe and comfortable. But miraculous and life transforming. I get it. It's tough to wait. It's tough to be still and know the Lord. When life is not going according to our plans. When things don't make sense. When we wrestle with pain and doubt. And when things don't turn out how we thought they would, we, we, we still press on and hang on to the power of God. Don't give up. Amen. Keep on believing for God to do the impossible in your life. Amen. So I asked the Lord, once I was home after the hospital visit, can you please show me? what was going on in the spiritual realm because in the carnal I I did not see anything really happening like nothing was going on like there was no progression I didn't see really God fighting all I kind of saw was you were giving me reminding word you know reminding of your word which was amazing but I really, really wanted to grasp more. And he was gracious to show me. He showed me that I was in a grassland. It was dark and gloomy. And I had the armor of God. Amen. And as I was standing in the middle of this grassland... It was dark and dreary. I remember that. Entities were coming at me, and we all know those are demons attacking. And as they came at me, I was using my weapons. And as I was using my weapons, they were like highlighted. They were they would get brilliant. They would just shine into this. Color gold. And as I was using them, it was like an activation. And he was showing me that though I was using and wielding my armor, I had to. He was before me. He was next to me. He was behind me. And he was all around me. Even though I was fighting these entities, we got to wield our weapon because the attacks over our lives, whatever it is, it could be in good times or bad times, we're not fighting against flesh. We got to That's a reality. The third point is truth. Hold on to the truth. When Jesus said of himself, I am the way, excuse me, the truth and the life, he was making a profound claim that he is the way to the Father because, he, because only he has an intimate knowledge of God unblemished by sin. Jesus is the truth because he has the perfect power of giving our lives a clear picture of our life experiences regardless of their ups and downs. Jesus is the life because death did not conquer him. He conquered it. He is truth alive. He is the one full of grace and truth. And the truth is the word made flesh. I love the statement of um, the author of Hebrews. What he makes uh, about God's word in chapter 4. For the word of God is alive. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The truth of God's word is a force. Is a dynamic power that has the ability to affect change in our lives. It is the sword of the spirit. It's a shield to those who take refuge in it. It's a guide that lights your path like a lamp guiding you and I in in, in like in a dark forest. It is what nourishes us. It's what teaches us. It's what provides wisdom. It reveals, it corrects, it cleanses us. It revives the soul, it, re- it refines us, it purifies, us. it renews the mind. It humbles us. Is a weapon of righteousness. It strengthens us, it comforts us, it heals us, it frees us. The truth never leads to bondage. In fact, to be set free means that there's a bondage from which we need to be free from. And which and who the Son sets free? Free. Amen. 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 (laughs) The truth of God is not a burden. In fact, I feel inclined to say this. Preach it. (laughs) Preach it. (laughs) If the word became flesh, think about this. Who is Jesus, the Son? And if we find it a burden to read and study the word, then what we are essentially saying is that he's a burden. This is the breath of life. We are inhaling what he exhaled. So our hearts can synchronize to his heart. Same way he did it with Adam and Eve. He breathed breathed into Adam and Eve. Inhaled life from him. The word is life. We inhale life. God is offering you and me. A grand invitation to encounter our living God. God's word is the most powerful weapon we can have in our fight against sin. As we read God's word, we meditate on it and apply it. All of these truths can be realized. Without the truth of God's word guiding your life, the enemy can make us believe his lies and I'm sorry church we've been seeing what's going on in our nation people are perishing because they don't know the word of God the truth is what breaks through into our impossible situations when we allow truth to break in the hardened areas we begin to see through God his commands and attaches his commands to his promises let's be real honest your life can be a constant battle and war with 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 when we face like we face at home and at work with family in our in our mind and the list goes on and God is fully aware of these fears and insecurities and all those walls that prevent us from moving forward And God is saying here, here is my word. I'm equipping you for battle. The world is not a playground, church. It is a battlefield. For Joshua to have a breakthrough, he needed to trust God with the result that was promised. We must actively seek to fill our hearts with God's word on a daily basis. When we do these things, God, changes our hearts. When our hearts is changed, our lives are changed. Jericho did not prevent Joshua from focusing on the heavenly goal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Joshua followed God's instruction, but now there was a week of waiting. There was a crucial time for God's people. The strange marching uh, completely discouraged the armies of Jericho, who would have been then totally confused about what was going on. This was a notice that the divine king. Our king, the Lord of lords, was making or marking the city as his. That was his territory. That's his territory. Guess who's fighting the battle now? Jericho's king and his armies resisted Israel, but they were powerless. They were no match. And just like Satan and what I call his minions, they are powerless and no match to Christ and his church. It was six days of learning to be still, to wait on God, to know God. This tested the the discipline and faith of the Israelites. And let me tell you, this chapter is a lot about worship too. Because we worship in our battle because we have already won the war. Instead of taking things in their own hand... They trusted in the faithfulness of God. But on that seventh day, it was time for the people to give an earth-shaking shout. When they heard the last blast of the horns, it was time to give voice to their faith. The walls had to come down. The strongholds had to come down. The obstacles had to come down. It's time to move forward. It's time to advance. It's time to increase. Do you want to move forward? Do you want to advance? Do you want to increase? (laughs) We got to surrender this. So I'm going to finish. Tara, if you could come up. What completely frustrates the enemy is when there is absolutely nothing he can do to get you off God's plan for your life. When it looks like your world is getting worse, remember... Your promise keeper. Today we are empowered by the word and spirit of God. Our God has conquered all and he is victorious. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He is our God and we are his people. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. No matter what stands in front of you, even if you experience every kind of pressure, you will not be crushed. When you're not sure what to do, you can be assured that God is faithful. Quitting is not an option. You may be oppressed, but God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You may be knocked down, but never out. Speak God's words. Pray in the spirit and stand in faith. And the uh, and God the breaker will break off and destroy every yoke. Every obstacle every roadblock you may sense that there is more to you and your story and that is because there is the holy spirit has a very clear assignment and agenda in our lives he is here to make sure jesus gets what he paid for a family of restored sons and daughters who know who they are and who they are, who carry his heart and who is partnering with him to save. Your dawn is approaching your breakthrough is near as they all transform into lessons that will make you only stronger God will give you breakthrough hold on to prayer hold on to faith hold on to the truth for what you surrender not only affect you but it will also affect your generations to come be confident of this that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of jesus christ amen amen let's stand let's stand